Oh, it feels good to be back in the house today. I, I see a lot of people coming back in the house that haven't been here for a minute. Uh, I want to take a moment before we begin. Shaw, we love you all down at Shaw. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, all, all of you who are joining us online, all of our brothers from Stepping Into the Light, can we just give them a real big, like, welcome home? Amen. I'm excited about today. We, um, this is Father's Day, and we're celebrating all of the men and the boys at One Family Church. Did y'all receive a soda when you came in? Did it, all the men get a soda? There's, a, there's cold soda. Only like five guys got a soda when you came in. You bypassed the soda. Guys, okay, so there's some yummy ice cold soda. If you get, you know, like Jones and for caffeine, um, just step out into the lobby during the middle of the sermon and get your ice cold soda. We were going to get dad's root beer for everybody, but it turns out it's kind of hard to get dad's root beer. You can get dad's root beer bubble gum. You can get dad's root beer taffy. You can get dad's root beer hard coffee, but the soda is hard to get. It's more information than anybody in here needed to know. But uh, anyway, we just want to celebrate you guys today. All of the men and boys at One Family Church. Uh, there is a QR code. Before I get started, I want to let you know there's a QR code on the back of your seat um, on the screen. Uh, you can hold up your camera, scan that QR code, and click on the link that it, that it brings up. Uh, it's like the menus. Everybody's menus now on a QR code. You can scan this and anything you need to communicate to us. Uh, if you have a prayer request, if you have a victory report, if you want to get baptized, if you want to commit your life to the Lord, if you want to serve on the team, anything that you want to do, if you want to give in the offering, you can do all of that through the QR code. I invite you to scan that on your seat or on the screen and get plugged in. Amen. That's my only announcement today. Um, let's dive in. We're in Jesus for real. This series is, uh, we're in part six now. And um, I, just, I just feel like this series is having a rich impact in our hearts and in our minds. At least it is for me. Because the reality is this, everything we do here is about Jesus. Everything we do here is to magnify him and to lift him up and to honor him and to praise him. And so we're spending these however many weeks we're going to be in here talking about Jesus for real. Because my goal and my hope is to be able to communicate to you who the real Jesus is. What he really said, what he really did, who he really was, what his true identity was. Because I don't want us to have a religious affiliation with a church organization. I want us to have a real relationship with the risen Savior. And when you have a real relationship with the risen Savior, it transforms your life fundamentally. It is death to life. It transforms everything inside of you. And so we're just going to spend the next several weeks talking about Jesus for real. Jesus for real. So I want to read a short passage this morning uh, from Matthew chapter 7. Verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read this through and then we're just going to get in and chop it up together. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everybody who asks, receives. And whoever seeks, finds. And whoever knocks, it will be opened. And then Jesus asked a question. He says, is there a man among you, if his son asks for bread, would give him a stone? I mean, would, would any of you do that? Would you be that malicious? If your son needed some bread, would you give him a stone? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no, you wouldn't do that. Or if he asked for a fish, would he give him a serpent? 
Are you going to give him something that's going to harm him if you want something that's going to nourish him? You wouldn't do that. If you then, Jesus says, being evil, don't you love how Jesus just calls you right out? And it just, it's like in between two commas. It's not, he's not focusing on how evil you are. It's just, it's just in passing. If you, who are evil, right, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father who is in heaven give good things? Somebody say good things to those who ask him. I want to speak for just a few moments because for the fathers, I know what you like. You like a 19 minute sermon. I know how you are. I know how you are. So this is going to be about 19.5, okay? Um, might be a little longer than that, but not too much. I'm going to preach for a few moments on the subject, good gifts. Good gifts. Let's take a moment. Let's bow our hearts. Let's open our minds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. You are a good, good, good Father. You are a righteous and loving Father. You are a Uh, a non-condemning father. You are a nourishing father. You are a powerful father. You are a trustworthy father. And, And we come to you today bowing our hearts and our minds to hear from you, to learn from your word. I pray that our, uh, Our guard would be lowered, our walls would be lowered, uh, and we, each and every one of us, would allow you, especially the men today, men and boys, allow your spirit to trickle into our hearts, uh, sustain us, transform us, empower us to live out the life that you've called us to live. And we thank you for this. We praise you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Um, I want to ask a question and I want to actually get real live feedback. All right. So even if you're at Shaw, Shaw campus, you guys respond, you know, out loud down there. Uh, and if you're online, you can respond on the chat. Okay. So I have a question and I want to get your response. Um, and I'm going to ask you a question. And the question that I'm going to ask you, and don't, don't respond yet. The question I want to ask you is this, what is the best gift you have ever received. Now, before you answer, because I know some of you are like the Holy Spirit, right? I know. I know who you are. Um, my wife, right? Okay. I know. Okay, guys. Um, I'm not talking about that kind of gift. She is the best, but, but after the Holy Spirit, um, but I'm not talking about that. I I'm just talking about like an actual present or a gift that somebody gave you. Can, can any of you think of like a really good gift that you received at some point in your life that you like really remember as a really great gift? Not that, not that it was the most expensive, but just a really good gift. Who, who, who can think of a really good gift? what you got rich? Uh, Cardinals baseball cap. Come on, man. Amen. Yes, sir. Gas grill. Oh, you bought it for yourself. I got you. You gave yourself a gift. All right. All right. One more. What do we got back here? What? Your two geckos. Wow. We got some creative gifts out here. Um, I thank you, Lincoln. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, um, what my favorite gift was that I've ever received in my whole life. I really spent some time thinking about this. My favorite gift that I ever received in my whole life was a Huffy Thunder Road bicycle. And I mean, this bike was bad to the bone. Okay. Cause it was actually designed to look like a motorcycle, like a dirt bike. And in your mind, when you're that age, you're like, I bet you people think I'm riding a motorcycle. I bet you they do. It had the padded seat. It had the chrome rims. It had, they called the rat trap pedals. I mean, it had like the cantilevered hand. I mean, it's the waffle. Remember the waffle handles? This like tickled your hand. I mean, it was just so cool. And, and the reason it was such a good gift was it was a desirable gift. It's something that I wanted, 
right? It's something that I really desired to have. It was a profitable gift to me because it allowed me freedom. It, it allowed me to do things that I couldn't do otherwise. I mean, one of my favorite things to do, one of my favorite memories is after receiving this, is that I now had the freedom to leave the house. I could ride my bike to school. I could ride, I would ride my bike down to the Dunkin' Donuts every, every weekday morning. And I would sit at the, at the counter. I kind of pretended it was a bar. You know, I'm just like up at the bar with the guys and they got their coffee. I got my milk and donuts. And I was just like, how's it going? You guys good? Heading over to my elementary, elementary school. Um, it was just like, it was just profitable to me because it, it, it also said, hey, I trust you. It also said from my parents, hey, we trust that you're going to, you know, do the right thing with this. Um, and the other thing is that it was a timely gift. It's important that a, tif, a gift is timely. Like a, a tricycle is a very nice gift depending on where you're at in life. So if I had gotten that, I would have been like, that's a nice gift, but it's not the, my stage, right? Or if I had gotten a Harley Davidson, that wouldn't have been a good gift. Even though that's a good gift, it wouldn't have been timely, right? So it was just a good gift. All of us know what it's like and how it feels to receive a really good gift. Everybody knows what that feels like. Does everybody know what that feels like? Or, or if you don't know what it feels like to have received a really good gift at any point in your life, would you please go on the QR code, go to the connection card and say, I've never received a really good gift. And we will get you a really good gift. All right. Because, because everybody should know what it feels like at some point in their life to have received a really, really good gift. And Jesus in this passage is saying, you all know about good gifts. You know how to give good gifts. You've received good gifts. All of you know what that's like, even from you, right? And y'all are evil. So how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So Im implicit in this statement that Jesus makes is a very simple but powerful spiritual truth that I think and I believe deep in my heart a lot of us get this intellectually but we don't get it in our soul the truth is this right I want to share this with you I want you to just marinate on this you have a father who loves you this is like the simplest truth that you will ever hear like you hear this in Sunday school Yes, Jesus loves me, right? You, we, we know this when we pray, Heavenly Father, would you, right? But it's one thing for it to be like here, Heavenly Father, as an abstract theoretical concept. It is another thing to realize deep in your soul, you have a Father who loves you. Now, I know different people are in different places with respect to relationships with fathers. Some of you here today had or have a good relationship with your father. It's a good relationship. Some of you have strained relationships with your father for all kinds of reasons, but it's a difficult, it's a complex and a strained relationship. Some of you have had never had a relationship with your father, never met him, don't know him. You have zero relationship with him. And some of you may have had a good, bad, didn't know him, but whatever that situation is, he's already passed. And so now, whatever that relationship was, there's no opportunity to change it, correct it, revise it. It's gone. It's already passed, right? When, when uh, several years ago, when my pastor, 
His name's Bishop Claude Alexander. Many of you have met him. He's preached out here. He's an amazing guy, amazing man of God. He came out a few years ago and spent some time with our, with our leaders and with our staff. And he came out and he just, a whole weekend and like giving us wisdom and talking to us about stuff and spent a lot of time with Rebecca and me. And, and just, we had an amazing time together. And, and, and I didn't know this about him before he came out. I mean, I knew he liked barbecue, but I found out that he's actually like a barbecue connoisseur. Like the dude just, he like, we went to I mean, like 27 barbecue places around St. Louis. I mean, we were eating, bar, we were at Pappy's and Salt and Smoke and Sugar Fire and then all these little obscure places that you never have heard of. I mean, and we were just eating barbecue um, and um, I actually had to go on like a water and lettuce detox after he left. I was like, <laughs> um, so anyway, after he left, I took him to the airport. It was really an amazing time. After he left, I came home and I sat down at the kitchen table and I felt a sense of sadness descend upon me that was like very heavy. It was a heavy sadness. And, and for those of, of you who know me well, like I'm a pretty buoyant personality. Like I, I'm pretty springy and things, you know, I'm a glass half full or whatever, three quarters, whatever. I'm a usually a pretty happy guy. But for whatever reason, I just felt deeply sad. And my wife was in the kitchen. I was sitting at the table and she said, what's the matter? And I said, I said, I, I don't know. I said, I just feel real heavy. I just feel real, real sad. I feel real, I feel real down, you know? And like for me, that, that, it took years of marriage and therapy for me to be able to articulate those three feelings. Like, I feel down. Like that was, that was a breakthrough for me, right? You, it used to be when I was younger, if I was sad, I would just punch something because I'd get, I'd get mad. It was easier. But, um, you guys, sorry, we just kind of went off into psychology here. But anyway, um, so I said, I feel sad. I feel down. She said, what happened? Did something go wrong with Bishop? I said, no. I said, it was great. I said, but when he left, I kind of, I think I started thinking about my own dad who had passed many years ago. And I started feeling like there's, there's, a, there's a relationship piece in my heart that is, is not right. Like, I feel like there's something missing there. And I said, you know, I feel like I might have even been trying to fill that hole with somebody who can't fill that hole. Like, this is my pastor. He's an amazing guy, but he's not my dad, right? And, and, and I said, you know, as a matter of fact, and then I really started thinking, I said, as a matter of fact, a lot of times I find myself doing this where like I'm in communication or in a relationship or connection with some man that I admire and respect, somebody older than me, somebody wiser than me, and then I, some part of me starts to want them to be like a dad to me and it just kind of like messes me up because I feel like I need a father and yet I don't have a father because my father passed a long time ago. And then something happened like while I was sitting there having that conversation with my wife and this doesn't happen to me often and you don't hear me share these kinds of stories frequently and you know this is not like a normal thing that happens. But something happened that surprised me while I was sitting at the table after having just said, I need a father. And my wife is in the kitchen. And what happened was so powerful, it is with me even to this very moment. The Lord spoke into my heart as clearly as I'm speaking to you. And I don't know what that means to you. Some of you know what that means. The Lord has spoken in your conscience or in your soul in some deep way. That's what happened to me. And the Lord said to me, he said, you have a father. He said, you have a father. Because I had just said, I just feel like I need a... He said, you have a father. I'm your father. He said, I'm your father. You don't need a father. I'm your father, and I love you. 
He said, you have a father who loves you. And what was strange for me is I knew that. I grew up in Sunday school. I grew up under the, I cut my teeth under the church pew. I've heard that a million times. But something profound happened in that moment where a truth went from here to here. And that's what I want for every single man and boy and woman and girl in this congregation today. I want you to know deep in your soul, you have a father who loves you. You have a father. Listen, you have a father who is proud of you. You have a father who wants to to see you prosper and succeed. You have a father who will never harm you. You have a father who will never shame you. You have a father who will never leave you. You have a father who will never forsake you. You have a father who wants to bless you, who wants to shine his face upon you, who wants to keep you, who wants to nurture you, who wants to see you grow. You, somebody, listen, need, somebody needs it. You have a loving father. You have a loving father. And here's why it's important that this sinks into your soul. I know it's so simple. You're probably going like, I already know this. Do you though? Do you really know how much your father loves you and who he is? He's not an abstract deity off in the sky somewhere. He's actually your father and he desires what's best for you and he loves you with his whole heart. Do you really, really get that? Because if you get that, it transforms you. Here's, it, it affects you in three ways at least. Number one, your, your uh, next slide. It, it, it affects your identity. Go ahead, go to that next slide. That's next slide. Next slide. No, that's the one. Let's hear it for Allison back there. Allison, you are so awesome. Brand new to the dream team. Um, all right. It affects your identity, your worth, and your confidence. Your father, the nature of the relationship that you have with your father is going to hit you in your identity. It's going to hit you in your worth, and it's going to hit you in your confidence. And, and here's what I mean by that. In terms of your identity, especially for men, you are either trying to be like your father if you had a good relationship with your father, or you are trying to be unlike your father if you had a bad or no relationship with your father. Either way, your father is a benchmark for you. Either way, the nature of the relationship that you had or didn't have with your father is still impacting you in terms of who you are becoming as a man. It's going to hit you in, in, the, in the depths of your identity. And, and for some of us, usually for probably for all of us, there are some pieces that we want to adopt and embrace. And there are some people, pay, there are some parts of, of, of his life that you go, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to be like that. I want to be like this part of him, but not like that. Because he's not, an, he's not a perfect father, no matter what kind of father you had. You, don't ha you didn't have a, a perfect father. But when you identify with God as your father, it begins to change things in you in terms of your identity. Because, for instance, if you're carrying around any unforgiveness in your heart, but you're trying to be like your heavenly father, then that unforgiveness begins to melt away because your father is a forgiving father. If you're carrying bitterness around in your heart or in your life, but you see God as your father and you're striving to be like your father, that bitterness will begin to melt away because you have a father who is full of peace, full of love, right? If you are carrying shame or condemnation in your heart, uh, in any part of your life, uh, and, and you see God as your father and you're striving to be like him, that shame and condemnation begins to melt away because your father is, is someone who does not shame you or condemn you, your heavenly father. And so it impacts who you are becoming. Understanding who your father is really dramatically impacts who you are becoming as a man. It also impacts your sense of worth. The one thing that my children, especially my young children, say, more, the statement they say more than any other statement, 
when I'm playing with them is, here it is, two words, watch this. That's what they say a thousand times. Hey, dad, watch this. I'm doing a cartwheel, dad, watch this. Hey, dad, I'm jumping off, you know, half a flight of stairs. Watch, watch this, right? Dad, look, no hands. Watch this, watch, right? Why? Why do they want me to watch this, right? Because they want my affirmation. They want my applause. They want me to affirm who they are. They are deriving a sense of worth in that moment from me, from what I look, how I respond to them. Watch me, dad. Watch me, right? Because I'm deriving a sense of my own worth from my dad, right? This is where we get a big sense of our worth from, especially when we're young, from our parents. And so it is so vital that you and I understand God as our heavenly father, because then we are who he says we are. Do you understand what I, we become who he says we are? And if he is showing us love and, and kindness and gentleness and peace, this is who we're becoming because we're starting to see ourselves through the lens of a loving father. And it changes the way we see ourselves and our own sense of worth and value because we have a loving father. And in fact, it impacts our confidence, impacts our confidence because we begin to rely on the power of our father, not our own power. So my, my little daughter, Eden, is starting to learn how to swim. And um, she's not very good yet. She's, she thinks, she thinks, but she's not quite there yet, okay? And so, you know, she's not allowed in a pool unless a parent, or, you know, is with her, like right there with her. And so uh, the other day I was swimming with her and, and I was in the pool with her. And what was hilarious is that she's jumping off the side. She's doing flips. She's flopping. She's, she's doing all this kind of stuff that she couldn't do if I wasn't standing in the pool. But see, she knows that she doesn't have to rely on her abilities. She can rely on my abilities. She knows that as long as I'm there, nothing bad is going to happen to her. That gives her the freedom to try stuff that she can fail at, right? When we put our trust in God, when God becomes our father, then suddenly our confidence is in him, not in us. Because when we fail, we go, oh man, maybe I shouldn't ever try that again because what if I fail again? But if you have a loving father and you put your confidence in him, you go, it's okay if I fail because my father's here to pick me up. And I'm going to try again and I'm going to do some stuff that maybe I need to try because I've got a father who's not going to let me go to the bottom of the pool. I got a father who's looking after me. I got a father who's trying to teach me, grow me, empower me right? I have a loving father. You have a loving father. Did I drive that point home? Did you get that point? Because I don't want to move on unless we got that. And here's the reality. Because you have a loving father and because that loving father is the same father as everybody else in this room has and everybody at Shaw and everybody who's watching online, since we all have the same father, what that means is you not only have a father who loves you, but you have a family who believes in you. Come on, somebody. You have a family. You have a family who believes in you. You, you know how valuable it is to, to, to have a group of people around you who trust you and believe in you and support you? You see, when, 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 when we understand God as our father, do you see what that does? That means if God is your father and God is my father, that means we are one family. We're the same family. We are siblings under our divine holy father. We are brothers and sisters 
We're brothers and sisters. Well, actually, when I was a kid, we, we grew up in, the, in like old school Pentecostal church. We called everybody brother and sister. Hey, brother Andre, how you doing, sister Rebecca? You know, we, we, that's, that's how we talked. But there was something beautiful about that because it actually was, it was communicating a spiritual reality, which is we're family. We're family. Um, whenever you have been around a group of people that, that you know have your back and you've got their back, it is such an empowering experience. It is such a, when I was, when I was in high school, I was on the wrestling team and my favorite part about being on the wrestling team was not cutting weight. That was not my favorite part. Uh, there were a lot of things that were not great about wrestling. I won't get into the grossness of that. That'll just be for the men's retreat at a later date, but no, um, but, but, but the part that I loved the most was right before we would go out on to, to the meet, to the match and all the men, all the guys would be in the locker room. And the coach would be giving you that speech. Some of you have heard that speech. You guys have been working for this. You know how hard you work. Now get out there, leave it all on the mat. Anybody know that, that speech? A little stronger. Leave it all. What are you saving it for? Lions, get out there and, you know. So you know, you know that speech, right? So you're all in there. And then the coach says, all right, bring it in. Bring it in. Pirates on three. And then it's like, one, two, three, pirates. Any Pattonville people in the house? Amen, amen. And then, <laughs> you have a family who believes. No. Uh, but there's something about that moment. You're all wearing the same uniform. You put your hoodie up. You start walking out onto the mat, right? If you were doing this by yourself, it wouldn't have the same effect. But you're surrounded by people that are, that are on your team, that are on your side, that want to see you succeed, right? Then the theme song comes on. For us, it was... Remember that? Buddy, you're a henchman, being standing in the and being a big man someday. You got blood on you. Okay. Um, <laughs> how are we singing Queen this morning at church? Um, anyway, there's this moment where you go, hey, we're together. We are one. We are family. When Jesus was teaching his disciples, and preaching to his disciples. He got them together and he said, let me teach you something about the nature of God. And not just about the nature of God, but about the nature of you. He said, let me, let me teach you how to pray. Here's, here's Matthew 6, 9. He said, our, our father, right? Notice, before I even go on, notice what he said. First of all, father, right? You got that part. We've already, we've already drilled down on that. You have a good father who loves you. You have a father who loves you. Notice the first word though. First word's our, it's not my. Don't pray my father, right? No, don't pray it like that. Pray our father. Because he's our father. He, he, this is about us. This isn't about me. This is about us. You have a family who believes in you. We are together. When you pray, not only recognize who he is, but recognize who you are in relationship to him and in relationship to those around you. We are family, he said. You have a father who loves you, and you have a family who believes in you. At another time, Jesus was teaching, surrounded by people, so many people, you know, clamoring around him. And the scripture says this, Matthew 12, while he was still talking to the crowd, his mother and his brother stood outside wanting to speak with him. They couldn't even get in through the crowd. His mom and his brothers and sisters, they're like, hey, we need to come talk to Jesus. Somebody told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside. They want to talk to you. He replied to the person who told him that, 
Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Strange question. And then he said, pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, what he wasn't doing is saying, I don't love my biological family. He loved his mother very much. You see that when he's dying on the cross and he just keeps referencing her. He loved his family very much. But what he's trying to do is elevate your sense of family. Who are my brothers and sisters and mothers? This is my brother and sisters and mother. We're family, he said. We have the same father. That means we have the same family. He said, we're coming together and serving one another and caring for one another and working together because we are one family. That's what he's saying. Our father, right? Men, we're going to have a a men and boys night uh, coming up in October. I'm not going to give you any details right now, but just mentally store that away. What I want us to do, we're going to get together. We're going to have fun. We're going to love God. We're going to serve one another. We're going to care for one another. We're going to have a blast. But what I want us to understand and what I want us as men to generate, men and boys, to understand within the context of who we are is this. We have a family with each other. We are truly brothers. Truly brothers. I don't know if I can, you know, it's one, again, the, it's one thing to say it conceptually. It's another thing to understand it in the depths of who you, who you really are. That these men around you and these young boys around, these are your brothers. We care for each other. We look after each other. When my, when my boys are fighting or bickering or, you know, they never do that, ever. But if they con- theoretically ever did, no. If they ever do, I say, hey, I just got to remind them. What I first have to remind them is not what to do, but who we are. I say, hey, we're Rome's. Rome's look after each other. We take care of each other. We don't, we don't harm one another. We look, because that's who we are, right? Jesus is saying we are one family. We are under one father. That is who we are. So I want, I want you to get this, this spiritual truth that you have a father who loves you, which means you have a family who believes in you, which means you have a wonderful future available to you. That's what that means. Jesus says, I've, I, you, you know how to give good gifts, and y'all are evil. So think about the future that I have for you. Think about what I have in store for you as a father who loves you. Let, let's look back at that verse real quick, and then I'm going to close in just a minute. If you then, he said, verse 11, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things Will your father, this is future tense. How much more is your father going to give you the future that he wants for you? Right? Now, now here's the thing. I know how some of us get. We get cynical. And we go, how do you know my future? Well, I didn't say the future that is ahead of you. I said the future that is available to you. Right? You can choose to deny the future that God has for you. I wouldn't recommend it. Because the future that he has for you is so much better than the future you have for yourself. Trust me. I had a future for myself. It didn't work out so well. I love the future that God has for me. Right? He says, you being evil know how to give good gifts. Right? How much more will your heavenly father? The other thing that I get out of that sentence, out of that line, is that the good things that he has for you is not contingent upon his goodness. Your goodness is contingent upon his goodness. It's such a throwaway line when he says, you being evil. So I said, well, let me just pause on that for a minute. Let me pause. 
Like, let me get more specific, because that's evil is just like a big old word. And sometimes when you think of evil, you think of somebody who's way worse than you. Like, oh, that guy's evil. I'm just kind of generally bad, you know. Uh, so what I did is I made a, I started thinking about like, what does that mean, like evil in our life? What does that mean? So I started to make a list of characteristics and then I got a little carried away. So I had to alphabetize it. Can I just read you my list just to see if you can find yourself in the list somewhere, guys? This is just for the guys, okay? This doesn't represent any women in the congregation, just the men. Here's how you all can be. We all can be. We can be abrasive, addicted, abusive, antisocial, apathetic, callous, cocky, compulsive, confrontational, controlling, cowardly, cruel, Cynical, defensive, devious, dishonest, disloyal, disrespectful, evasive, flaky, foolish, greedy, grumpy. Anybody, anybody in here? Don't, don't elbow. Don't. Haughty, hostile, hypocritical, ignorant, impatient, impulsive, inattentive, indecisive, inflexible, insecure, irrational, irresponsible, jealous, judgmental, lazy. These don't all apply to me, by the way, just to be clear. Uh, manipulative, materialistic, melodramatic, needy, obsessive, overly sensitive, paranoid, perfectionist, pessimistic, possessive, prejudiced, pretentious, pushy, rebellious, reckless, resentful, self-destructive, self-indulgent. I got a lot of pages. Self-centered, sleazy, stingy, stubborn, subservient, superstitious, tactless, temperamental, testy, timid, uncooperative, uncouth, unethical, ungrateful, vain, verbose, vindictive, violent, volatile, weak, withdrawn, and xenophobic. I couldn't come up with Y or Z, but X is definitely in there. Um, that's y'all. That's us, right? We're all, we can, we can all find ourselves on that list. I'll email that to you if you have trouble. I'll just give that to you later this week. We can all find ourselves on that list. And what Jesus is saying, it's not about, y'all are evil, right? So I'm, it's not about that. It's not about your nature. It's about his nature. He knows how to give good gifts because he's a good God doesn't have to do with how good you are. So if you're here today and you're saying in your heart, man, I need a good father. Let me just tell you, you have a father who loves you. You have a father who loves you. You have a family who believes in you. You really do. That's why we do men's groups. That's why we do life groups. We're together. We come together because we need each other. We need each other. You have a family who loves you. And you have a wonderful, beautiful, magnificent, amazing, incredible future available to you. So the question is, how do I get there? How do I get there? I'm going to end with this. You can help me out on this. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with the first sentence. First sentence, Matthew 7, 7, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. How do I get this? Seek, and you will find. How do I experience what God has for me? Knock. And it will be opened to you. For everybody who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. He wants to give you good gifts. He wants to give you good gifts. But here's what we're going to have to do, guys. This is the last part is on us. We got to get over ourselves. We got to get over ourselves. And we got to look to him. And we got to go, God, I need you. I need you. I've been clamoring around, trying to get my thing, trying to do my thing. I need you. I need the good gift that you have. Sometimes I don't even know what to ask for because I might be asking for something that's not good for me. I might be asking for a Harley Davidson when I'm only ready for a Huffy Thunder Road, right? I need, I need you to, 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 to be dad to me. I need you to be my father. 
I need you to, to speak into my life. I want you men to be praying today about God revealing himself to you as father. And I want you to be praying and asking God to connect you with other men who are good, God-fearing men. They're not gonna be perfect, but they're gonna be, they're gonna be with you. They're gonna, be, they're, gonna have, they're gonna support you. They're gonna encourage you. They're gonna help empower you, right? And then I want you to be praying, God, take me to the purpose that you have for me. Take me into the future, into the destiny that you have for me. Let me walk that out, Lord God. I wanna walk that out with you. I don't wanna come up with my own. I wanna walk out your path. Man, I want every single one of us to be praying that prayer this week. Today, at the end of, at the end of uh, service, um, we're going to be offering uh, step three, next steps at both, at both uh, campuses. And you can also do it online. We have a, uh, an option there. But the step three is all about growing together and coming together in, in community and in, in small groups and in life groups. If you haven't come to step three yet, I want to encourage you to do that. It won't be long. It'll be short. So you can get out and get some ribs and some uh, barbecue chicken and stuff. Um, but, but we'll be up there and we have little finger food snacks. Not so great, but we have sodas and stuff. Um, but, but you can come and we can just kind of, kind of work together and try to understand, God, how do I live this thing out? But wherever you are, I want you to leave here today knowing the simplest message that I could ever preach. You have a father who loves you. You have a family who believes in you. You have a future, a wonderful and beautiful future available to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every man and boy in the house today. Thank you, Lord God, for your love for us, for loving us whether we've been good or evil, you love us. You keep running after us. You come running off the porch for us. You come throwing your, 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 your garment around our shoulders, putting your ring on our, on our finger, kissing our neck, and just pulling us into the, your love. Those of us who have been staying steady, you're looking at us and saying, everything I have is yours. You're a good father, whether we have been righteous or unrighteous. You are a good and loving father to us. I pray, God, that our hearts would actually break wide open to receive this truth. Break us wide open to receive the truth of who you are and let it change us. Not just for us, but so that we can then come off the porch as some other young man or old man is coming home. And we can be in the shoes of the father for that person. And we can reach out to them and say, hey, you got a father who loves you. Father, help us to grow into the men that you've called us to be. Help us to grow into the men that you've created us to be. Help us to bring honor, praise, and glory to you in all that we do. We love you, Father. You are a good, good Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.